just a double again. I want to see a triple doink. It might happen. Doink. Double doink. Double doink. Double doink. Triple doink. Quadruple doink. 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 Double doink right there. Doink. Doink. A double doink. Double doinker. Double doinks and sackles. Teaching you how to football. Can you teach me how to football? I'm trying, man. My name is Fernando. I'm Travis. I am Chris. I'm Jimmy G, the stat boy. And we are back. We are done with the regular season. The 2022 regular season is behind us. And coming up, we have the wild card, super wild card, right? Is that what they're calling it now? Super wild card. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but we're going to do a quick little recap of a few games that kind of mattered on uh, Week 18. Um, and I think we got to start off with that Thursday night, or uh, sorry, Saturday night. Uh, the Chiefs demolished the Raiders to get the number one seed. It's like, whatever. But how about them Jacksonville Jaguars taking down the Titans and winning the division? Travis, what did you think about this game? Man, it was a roller coaster of emotions. A really slow roller coaster of emotions, to be honest with you. Uh, the Titans are just one of those teams that when you go down um, you know, by two scores or so, it's really hard to come back on them. You know, I mean, they, they have a, a fantastic running game. They, I'll they, say they just lean on Derrick Henry, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, the Jags did a pretty good job of, of holding him down below five yards of carry, which is usually what he averages by that point. Uh, that defense also was just pinning their ears back. I mean, just putting the pressure up the middle. Trevor Lawrence couldn't get a clean ball off probably all game. And so, I mean, midway through the game, the, the emotions were going down, man. I mean, it was it was kind of hard to, to think that we were going to come back on it. Give it more time. By the fourth quarter comes around, third quarter comes around. Jags start trying to inch their way back, but once again the Titans go down there, they kick a field, they'll go back up 16-10. They just can't get it going. I mean, they they, they get the ball right there midfield. They, I mean, they have perfect field position multiple times in the game, three and out, three and out. And then Rayshon comes in out of nowhere and succumbles Josh Dobbs. Uh, just knocks it out of his hand right there. Josh Allen scoops and scores. Can you teach me what a succumble is? A succumble is a, <laughs> a sack fumble. It's uh, It just popped out of his hand. I mean, it was really close. If you actually look at the replay of there, it just barely starts leaving his hand uh, before he can move his arm forward. Josh Allen scoops and scores it for 37 yards. It's the only touchdown. Scored the second half by that point. Um, fun fact, the Jaguars scored 10 points in the uh, fourth quarter with a negative one total yard. Uh, oh wow! In that entire quarter, uh, it was it was not pretty. Um, but man, I was uh, I was surrounded by I mean dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, the Duval faithful uh, at JT Tavern, and it was a hell of a game. Uh, you could tell the bank was uh, just rocking. I mean, it was it was sold out. I mean, it was a playoff atmosphere. It was a playoff game for us, even though we had a chance to make it in as a wild card. We wouldn't have because Steelers you wouldn't won. Have. Yep, that is so true. The Dolphins, but. Uh, thank goodness it didn't come to that. And Jaguars um, going from two and seven, uh, find their way back, fight their way back, nine and eight to finish the season, win the AFC South, and uh, bank their ticket to a Super Wild Card weekend. Yeah, I think uh, you know Trevor Lawrence didn't look all that hot. Uh, their running game wasn't all that hot, but their man did their defense show up for him. Uh, you know, like you said, they kept Derrick Henry out of the end zone. Uh, I think he averaged like 3.6 yards or something like that. So, um, yeah, defense showed up for him, and can't wait to see what they do in the wild card. I was very impressed with what Joshua Dobbs was able to do for the Titans to keep this really, really scary for you while watching this. Well, I was at JT JT's Tavern, and I haven't seen that many Jaguar fans 
since probably your old dreams, I guess, Trav, um, <laughs> because I was a little like uncomfortable how many people were there. But um, Joshua Dobbs made it difficult to come back. He just did enough, was able to do enough, and then defense. Yeah, I like how you say it made you uncomfortable. I believe you also said like some Steeler fans walked in, saw all the teal in the bar, and just turned around and left. I there, think somebody. Yeah. I think I heard somebody. Yeah, say Yeah, there that. was a guy in a Minka Fitzpatrick jersey. I was at the bar getting a drink, and I saw this guy walk in. I was like, "Oh, you were the wrong bar wearing a Steelers jersey." Walked out, saw everybody, and walked back out. I mean, hey, we were there to deal with it, you know, at the end of the day. Um, but it was it was fantastic. I mean, I, to, to go back on Josh Dobbs on that one, uh, the kid played a great game. Um, you know, it wasn't until the fourth quarter when they tried to make, you know, put the ball in his hands to try and make some bigger plays outside of the normal game plan, I think, from, you know, the run and the short passes. I mean, he was completing almost every single third and long uh, that there was in that game. Um, I really feel for the kid uh, because, you know, it'll fall on his shoulders with the fumble and the interception at the end. But, I mean, outside of that, those last few drives, I think Josh Dobbs played uh, pretty admirably uh, given the situation and the pressure on him uh, for it. So, I mean, I look forward to seeing what the Titans, if they, if they hold on to him, if he has a chance to do something next year with somebody else. But, I mean, beyond Josh Dobbs, that, that Saxonville's back, baby, and uh, it feels good. All right, let's cruise on to Sunday games. Uh, the ones that kind of meant something. I mean, one game uh, that was we were all watching, Patriots at Bills. Uh, Patriots had to win to uh, get a, a playoff spot. Bills wanted to maintain the number two seed over the Bengals um, and took care of business. Uh, Patriots hung around for a while. And again, very emotional game. Um, Hines starting the game off with a kickoff, like... Everyone, uh, Buffalo faithful, talking about how it was like a storybook thing with what happened to them on Monday, uh, to just coming out of the gate and just, boom, seven points like that. Um, it was, yeah, like the whole NFL with uh, the uh, the number three all over the place, like uh, looking out for Hamlin. It was, uh, it was a sight to see. I enjoyed it, uh, watching it, and just everyone, you know, something like that just unites all the players. Like they say, it's a brotherhood, bringing them all together. Uh, but the Bills took care of business to t- hold on to that uh, number two seed. They sure did. Uh, I mean, one of the big stories of this game, outside of the DeMar Hamlin thing, which, uh, you know, great news. He just got released from the hospital, uh, you know, I think it was today. Uh, or uh, yeah, today, or, yeah, today uh, on Wednesday. Which is fantastic. Um, you know, all of his motor functions seem to be uh, up and up and going just fine. So that's fantastic. I mean, it, it's a great story uh, to know that he's healthy. Uh, but the story of this game, in my opinion, is Mac Jones. Uh, once again, uh, two forty-three. He had three touchdowns. One of them was, you know, kind of just a gimme by that point. I thought, uh, but three interceptions. Uh, he just couldn't get, I think, on a rhythm by that point. Um, the Bills' defense, I don't think, has been great since Von Miller's gone out. But they, they, they stifled up that Patriots offense pretty well. Yeah, Mac Jones looked pretty good passing the ball out there. Uh, the three interceptions obviously hurt him. Uh, it was a close game, but giving up that many interceptions, especially to a uh, Buffalo's offense, which is just phenomenal, is is gonna is gonna bite you. So, uh, you know, Josh Allen showed up to th- 254 yards, uh, three touchdowns. He also had an interception, uh, but the Bills looked. The Bills look pretty good, but you got to give it up for New England for putting up a fight. Chris, I'm surprised you didn't talk about Devontae Parker's former Miami Dolphin wide receivers. Two touchdowns in this game. I drafted him. Two <laughs> touchdowns. Also, I'm very impressed that Hines returned two. Two. Two, two kickoff returns. I think they had a stat. The Patriots have given up two total 
uh, kickoff return touchdowns in like the last 15 years or something like that. And they gave up two in uh, like three quarters. I think his second one was in the third quarter of that game. So pretty uh, insane. Another game that was on there, uh, Ravens at Bengals. Uh, This game, what's funny about this, like because of, uh, again, the cancellation of last Monday's game, uh, if the Ravens would have won, the Bengals would have still had a half a game lead. They would have done a coin flip to decide who would win the division. Uh, That is crazy. And uh, like, uh, what was it, Joe Mixon, who uh, brought a quarter out and scored a touchdown and flipped the coin after uh, scoring that. But uh, yeah, the Ravens look, ooh, the Ravens do not look like a good team right now with with no healthy quarterback. Um, They got to play the Bengals again for the uh, round one of the playoffs. I just, uh, the Ravens are, they're struggling. You know, the crazy thing with the Bengals thing, we've, we've talked about this as well. Uh, you know, if the Bills and the Chiefs end up playing each other, it's going to be at a neutral site uh, for, like, a championship game. The Bengals are the ones that kind of got hosed on this one, I feel, um, with 100%. the coin flip uh, with the Ravens. Had the Bengals beaten the Bills in that Monday Night Football game and won again this week, then the Bengals would have been the number two seed. Correct. And that was kind of just an afterthought, I think, with this whole playoff restructuring thing. Uh, I know Zach Taylor um, was was pretty ticked off about it because um, I think there were rules that were kind of in place, and that's I think one of the big reasons why the Bengals were also okay with going forward with like missing the game, and then the NFL just kind of changed it all up. You know, they they flipped the script on them. So yeah, I think if I'm a Bengals fan, I'm I'm a little bit upset about it. I mean, you know, taking out your frustration on a on a hapless you know Ravens team back to back will be pretty. Fun. And I want to add just to that too because like yes, they got like two and three seed, you know, whatever, but. The next round, you know, more than likely the Bengals and the Bills are going to win their playoff games. I mean, that means they're going to play each other in the divisional round. Like, who's going to, like, why, like, I feel like that should be a coin flip or a neutral site uh, for them to play at. Because, like you just said, if they would have won, they would have tied them. And then, of course, owed the tiebreaker with the head-to-head. I don't get why they don't uh, at least play that game at a neutral site as well. But uh, it is what it is. The NFL... It's surprising. There were a lot of different scenarios that were played out by the NFL when they released like these updates to home field, coin flips, <laughs> neutral sites and stuff. They never mentioned any of this stuff for the divisional rounds or anything yeah. like that. None of it. Kind of. Yeah, I, I mean, Burrow looked good. I think he was... Flipping the ball out there to everyone, like all of his... Rock Except for T. Higgins. Except for Higgins. Feel bad for Higgins not getting the ball, and I think that's what Walt Fernando into the championship there. Oh, did I? Did you just bring that up? Did I win the fantasy football championship this year? First two-timer? Is that what it was? Yeah, that that was Two-time. Two-times. Two yeah, so, but, I mean, the Bengals look good. They're going to be a tough opponent uh, in the playoffs, and I would love to see that Bills-Bengals matchup again. I think it would be... Uh, a shootout for sure. So um, I think I think they're probably going to walk over Baltimore. So we'll probably more than likely see it. So uh, yeah, can't can't wait to see what they do. It'll be saucy. We had uh, two games going on. Well, this, these were all going on at the same time. But like that last playoff spot, Browns at Steelers and then Jets at Dolphins. So the Jets they were tied there near the end with the Jets and Dolphins. Steelers needed the Patriots and the Dolphins to lose in order to get that seven seed. And uh, Pittsburgh was in control of Cleveland most of the time, and then uh, the Dolphins got into field goal range. I think there were some penalties there by the Jets to help them out because the Dolphins were struggling offensively, and then they got some garbage safety at the end. Uh, But with the Dolphins winning, Patriots losing, and then the Steelers losing, the Dolphins get the final playoff spot. There is definitely a questionable 
pass interference call uh, against the Jets on that final drive that kind of helped boost the Dolphins in the field goal range. But at the end of the day, um, 18 seconds left, the Dolphins end up kicking, uh, you know, the field goal to go ahead 9-6 to six that essentially won the game, 50-yard um, field goal. I mean, yeah, not, nothing, a, not a gimme. Nothing to, to, to shake your fist at. Um, and then the, the safety at the end was just, you know, the, the breakdown of the plays and stuff like that. But, you know, my, my favorite part of this, I mean, First off, freedom. Second off, we do have to discuss the fact that Mike Tomlin has gone once again another season in a without row, a losing without record. A losing record. He did it. Uh, he brought his team. We back. kept talking about it. Like he's got to do it. He's got to do it. And then he did it. Like Mike Tomlin is. He did it. One uh, of the top five. I don't know. Maybe top three coaches in the league. I mean, he had not the best quarterback. Better than Belichick. Belichick has losing seasons. Uh, so. But I mean, if you look this at is it, his first. If you, look, is, well, if you first, look at it this yeah. way, though, my one of my favorite parts of Sunday was there were about five minutes left in the Steelers, you know, Browns game. And the Dolphins game had just ended. The Dolphins had won. And the mass exodus of Steeler fans <laughs> leaving the stadium. Like two minutes left in the game. No, there were like, it was like five and a five half minutes, minutes okay. left in the fourth quarter. And, I mean, you're sitting there. You're beating up on Deshaun Watson, which is always great. Um, you're, you're just destroying, you know, divisional appointment. You're, you're guaranteeing your coach is going to have another, you know, non-losing season in 20 years. And all you can think about is I spend over $100 on these seats and I'm going to leave because my team's not making the playoffs. I, I just don't I don't get it. I, I don't understand that mentality. If I'm paying money to sit in a seat, you damn Especially well it's the last leave. game of the year. You're not going to see football again you, for a you while. You can't hold anything back. Yeah, yeah, you stay there for the end. Like, all right, that's it with football this year. I guess we'll regroup and get ready next year. But they did not. Uh, the Steelers fans <coughs> left a mass exodus, and uh, a little part of my heart grew a couple sizes that day. <laughs> you hate to see it. You hate to see it. I love to see it. <laughs> Uh, the other one, uh, just a couple of the games for those morning ones that uh, had something to do with the first overall pick. Uh, so the Vikings took down the Bears with, I think it was all backups in the second half for against Nate Peterman. And then uh, the Texans with a crazy win, a crazy fourth and 20, I think, was uh, the touchdown they had to, which could have tied it with the extra point, but then they go for two. And then the Texans get... Uh, pushed out of the number one overall pick. I don't think we actually watched this, and I felt like it was irresponsible <coughs> if we actually did watch this on, on sun, Sunday. But, man. Texans Colts. Yeah, why yeah, would we want like, to watch Who wants to watch that? Team. Unless we have a fan in our group that wants to watch <laughs> one of their – that's one of their teams. Like, well, I think that we was, saw the score slowly creep back, and all of a sudden yeah. you see the finals like, what in the what hell the just hell happened? happened? I, still, I still feel like Levy Smith kind of knew he was going to be the scapegoat of the season, even though it shouldn't have been his fault by that, by, by any means. Yeah, like, the like, team I mean, was just terrible. Yeah, it was his first yeah. year as a bad really team. Bad. I, I thought – I mean, the you know, we've talked about it in the past. Chris has brought it up plenty of times. Uh, the Texans were a competitive team for multiple weeks in, in the last you know couple months of the season, and I, I thought that that was something you could build off of, especially with having I think eleven of like you know the top draft picks in this draft coming up. There's a lot of draft capital there to build off of. I thought they were going to give Lovey Smith the chance to do it. How the GM keeps his job after firing two coaches in back to back seasons is beyond me. Uh, especially when you've done absolutely zero to make your team any better. Uh, well, with that too, what kind of coach wants to go in there and coach that team with that kind of a GM? That's that's what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, and they they have they have the thoughts that they're going to interview Sean Payton uh, to try and get Sean Payton down there. I'm not touching that job with a ten foot pole at this point. But to go back to my point real fast, do you think this was maybe Lovey Smith seeing the writing on the wall, knowing he was going to get fired as a scapegoat, and saying, "Forget about it. I'm going to lose that first overall pick for you guys, and 100%. we're going to go for two, baby." I Come think, on. Yeah, he definitely if, thought he was going to fire If him. that's the case, man, 
I'm gonna say right now, Lovey Smith is like one of my little personal heroes now for like just like rubbing it and sticking it to the organization that's about to fire you and be like, oh, you thought you had the first overall pick? Think again, jackass. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the uh, Texans next year, just simply because you know we did talk about it. There was multiple games where they were playing like really tough opponents that they kept up. Oh, big they time! Were in they the almost mix. beat the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, they almost they right played there the Eagles in the well, mix, yeah. and their team's like pretty bad right now. So with all those picks, uh, you know, if they bring in a a somewhat decent coach in there to help these guys out. I mean, who knows? I mean, it might be night night and day compared to like this season versus next season. So, I felt like I was watch. If I was watching this game, it's probably like a football version of Major League, where they're trying to lose and lose, lose, and they're just like, "Nope, we're gonna win this." All right. So in those afternoon games, most of them were pretty meaningless because everything was locked up, except for that Rams Seahawks game, which went to overtime. So. Uh, Lions Packers played that night. They needed uh, the Lions needed the Seahawks to lose for a chance at the playoffs, and uh, there was a questionable. Uh, if you guys remember that, the running into the kicker or roughing the kicker, uh, which uh, got the Seahawks going to go down the field to tie the game up and send it to overtime. But I thought that was a huge bullshit call. Oh, you mean when he pushed the guy into him? Yeah, when he got pushed into yeah. him. Yeah, by the by the Seattle player. Like they pushed him into it. I was like, I don't know what that that was terrible call. I I couldn't I, I couldn't stand that call. I mean, you know, we could we could say that uh, at at the end of the day, you know, the 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 Rams had a chance to win this game. Uh, you know, they they stopped the the Seahawks to three and out. You know, to open up the the overtime. Uh, Baker Mayfield two plays, just. Terrible interception. Oh, that guy uh, looked wide open too when you watch it. I forgot who we threw he, it to, but he, and then out of nowhere, that Seattle safety just came it flying was, across so the field. Van Jefferson was wide open on the sideline, and Diggs was just in the center of the field somewhere. I mean, even the camera guy missed him by that point. The guy yeah. came out of nowhere, and Diggs, I feel like, could have shut that game down quickly, except that he <coughs> had to just rub it in the, the Rams' face just one one last time when he caught that ball. He showed the ball to Bobby Wagner. He showed the ball to Bobby Wagner and he looked at it. The he gave him a point. Yeah, he totally showed it to Wagner. That was Wagner. great. I'm glad that we've gone past, uh, what was it, last year with all the taunting calls. Uh, I'm glad that that's no longer a thing that we're really focusing on anymore because uh, I really loved that. It's um, all fun league. <laughs> it was fantastic. But yeah. yeah, I mean, setting it up by that point, you know, I mean, I, I feel like the Seahawks won that game, you know, outright because the Rams did what the Rams have been doing all season. They just... They're not good. Yeah. They're out of They're weapons. Good. They're not good. And um, we'll we'll see what the Seahawks do uh, in the playoff in the playoffs. I mean, Geno Smith, like we've talked about multiple times, he's kind of come back down to earth from you know when he was out there slinging the ball to Lockett and Metcalf. But Walker had a pretty good game. If Geno can show up in the playoffs, they might be able to make some type of run out of it. But <laughs> Who knows? But I will say one thing: Seattle next year is going to be a scary team. Agreed. They got so many draft, and their draft picks this year team. killed. And then yeah. next year, if they can replicate that, like yeah, very yes. scary. Yeah. Uh, so the Eagles had to beat the Giants to maintain the number one seed. They could have slipped down to what? I think the only the two seed because the Cowboys Dak looked like garbage. Like we only saw some highlights. We weren't really watching that game, but. Uh, I feel like they were just half-assing it because they knew where they were in their playoff position. Uh, but then, how about the game of the week? Lions at Packers. That's your opinion, not my opinion. Uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. 
Uh, it's debatable. Was, it's debatable. I was cheering hard for the Lions. Oh, I was, I was too. I was. I got so to watch it with the Lions yeah. fan. And we were both, like, I was probably louder than he was. I was more of a Lions fan than he was watching that game. Because yeah. I just, cause that's why I wanted Seattle to lose so bad, too. Because I wanted this game to have a little bit more, like, oomph to it. So, like, the winner goes to the playoff, loser goes home. It's like, that simple. Uh, but the Lions didn't care that they weren't going to the playoffs. They went out there and said, fuck you, Green Bay. They just did not want Green Bay to win. They yeah. wanted to ruin their season. That's what Dan Campbell said at the very beginning. Oh, and I love the fourth down, not kicking the field goal, make it a seven-point game, give them a chance. Like, no, we're going for it. DJ Shark, here what you go. What? Catch it. You got it. Love it. Love back blow. The hook and ladder play on the Oh, field, yeah, that one too. Insane. That was. I mean, that's it's kind of the fun in watching the Lions. I mean, do they do that? I mean, this is kind of the question. Do they do that if it's like if the playoffs are on the line? I still think they do because I think that's their team. Yeah. Um, their mentality is something different. One of the know. things that I wanted to say was I had no idea Jamal Williams had the season that he did. Uh, he actually broke Barry Sanders' rushing record yeah. for the season for the Lions, which is no. No shy. Like who scored the most touchdowns for the Lions? More more touchdowns than yardage base. Seven seventeen touchdowns for the season, and I mean maybe that's why I didn't win the fantasy league this year because I had no idea Jamal Williams was doing that well. Uh, I just didn't pay attention to him that much, I guess. But uh, that dude is a trip. Uh, I don't know. Like his his opening line of introducing himself, I still don't know what he said. Uh, Yeah, I don't either. But but it was insane and great. And then at the end, I mean, you know, he's tearful. His grandfather passed away, and like the emotion got over him. Great grandfather passed away. And, you know, he was like, yeah, he's like 98 years old, stuff like that, blah, blah. And then, like, right at the end, like, Jamal Williams comes to that guy. He's like, don't confuse these tears for yeah. me being soft or anything like that. This yeah. dog still lives in here. <laughs> this dog alive. And, like, Jamal, I mean, with that mentality, right? I mean, that mentality is is what's going to make the Lions fun to watch over the next few years. I mean, their team's young. I think Jared Goff has, has earned his spot as a starting quarterback on that team for next season, at least. Absolutely. So, um, if you're the Lions, you draft a, I mean, because you got a high draft pick with the, with the Rams finishing so low, because they got that draft pick. Do you pick a quarterback still? Like, to back, like... I think you do. I think Like, in do. that in the top five, maybe? Yeah. I think you pick a quarterback. I think it's Goff's next year, for sure. You plug the guy in. See what it can do. But, I mean, if they go downhill, then, yeah, you can plug them in a bit more. But, uh, yeah, I think you draft a quarterback because is golf your guy? Yeah. Is... He looked good this year, he but yeah, this he, year. Look, he did look good. Consistency look good, is one but... thing, and he's not yeah. consistent year to year. I mean, but that team, I mean, I mean, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, I mean, that's a great run game Swift, right there. Yeah, I mean, DJ combo. Shark had kind of a quiet, you know, season. Ramal Ross St. Brown had a great season. Well, that rookie that came back, when he showed up, he was... Jameson Williams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he was, didn't come out till like, week 11 or week 12. Something like that. I think it was really, really late, like 13 or I thought 14. it was against the Jaguars, actually. If, he, he it caught might have like, been against the Vikings. Caught, one I of those think that was the week yeah. after. It might have been the week after. Yeah. He caught, like, a long pass. He came really late, and... I was really impressed by the Lions' play, play calling at the very end. I think the Packers jumped offside, tried to give them more yards, and, and the Lions go, no, we'll decline it. We'll just stay out here longer. We'll just yeah. keep going and going and going and kill clock, kill clock. The, the old Lions would never have been able to think to do that. They would just go, okay, we'll take it. We'll just do, do everything like instant gratification, go down and score. No, they knew exactly how to kill that clock, bleed that clock slowly until – Packers had nothing left. Dan Campbell, man, I I I love the guy, man. I I I mean, if I wasn't happy with my coach right now, I wish I had a coach like Dan Campbell. You know what I mean? Um, so another storyline on this one: uh, Jameson Williams comes up to uh, Aaron Rodgers at the end of the game and asks for his jersey, and Aaron Rodgers tells him, "No, I think I, I have to keep this one." 
and then walks off the field, you know, with a bromance with Randall Cobb, uh, looking around, tearful eyed, or maybe he was just high, or maybe both. You know, yeah, who knows? Well, with I'm going to go with both days. after that performance. Um, and he was pretty non-committal about returning next season. Um, you know, it is this Aaron Rodgers' last game for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they're, we talked about it earlier this year. I mean, they're going to run out of cap space. Jordan loves due probably twenty to twenty-five million. Um, yeah. You know, with his fifth-year option coming up, you still don't even know what you have with Jordan Love. Yeah, I think well, played... you can't you can't get rid of you can't trade your future away, right? You yeah, like so if someone's got to go, I feel like it has to be Rodgers. Rodgers has to be the one to go. I mean, but you're looking now. I mean, if if Dobbs and um, uh, what is it, Christian Watson, if they end up, you know, continuing to get better. I mean, AJ Dillon was more of the offense this year as well. I mean, they they have a competitive team with Aaron Rodgers, but you got to make a decision eventually. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I will say that the Lions was the one team this season <coughs> where everyone kind of had their back because you just want to see them. Yeah, kind of do something. It's from hard knocks. It, like, yeah, yeah. Future of hard knocks earlier this year. So great to like. Like the Bengals were bad for a while. The Browns and now they're they've gotten better. But the Lions, yeah. they never get better. Yeah. It's always the same old Detroit yeah. Lions. Was, but this year, yeah, Miami was kind of bad there for a while. Yeah, and so yeah, there's been some teams, but. Lions are just always like the circle in the bowl team, right? So it's well, like, and and there's a difference too. I mean, like you look at like the Jaguars have been bad for a long time, and they had a great run to make the playoffs this year. But their offense isn't like super exciting to watch. I mean, it's it's a well balanced offense between running passes. Man, the offense like for the Detroit Lions when they get going. I mean, they were, I think, the first five or six weeks of the season, weren't they, like, the number one scoring offense, like, in the NFL? Like, yeah, and oh, yeah. the worst scary. defense. Like, and the worst was, defense. That's why they were one and six, because <laughs> they, the offense was doing everything they could, and the defense couldn't stop anybody. It's an exciting team to watch, man. I mean, it starts with the head coach, once again. I mean, that kind of, you know, us-against-the-world mentality and, like, running through a wall for that dude. I mean, yeah, Dan Campbell got me going, man. So going back to uh, Aaron Rodgers, his contract, he is 40 years old this year, in 2023, his cap hit to the Green Bay Packers is $31.6 million. His total contract for this year is a $59.5 million, I think, cap hit, or how much he's getting paid. Jordan Love has paid $2.2 million next year. Um, it's cheaper by considerable, but I don't know how they're going to get out of it. They can't like just cut him. He has to retire, I think. Can they trade him? Do you know if they have a trade clause in there? Because if they could trade him, like get a first, like a, I don't know if you get a first-rounder for that old of a quarterback. But they do have a potential out in 2024 to get like a less dead cap, but okay. for, for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I think he's he might have to play next year. Uh, it's too much money for him to refuse. Karen Rodgers. Well, I think we'll take our uh, break here, and then uh, when we come back, we'll have some uh, wild card predictions coming up. We'll talk to you guys soon. Hey, Fernando. I'm always looking for a new spot to watch some football games, maybe get a cheap drink and sit out on the patio. Any suggestions for me? I got the perfect spot for you, Travis. JT's Tavern in the Mission Gorge area of San Diego, right off the 8th. JT's Tavern has a great happy hour, karaoke some nights of the week, and I hear a lot of Jaguars fans like to show up there and root on their team. Uh, JT's Tavern is the way to pl- place to be. 5821 Mission Gorge Road in San Diego, California, 92120. Thanks, Fernando. I'll be sure to check it out. Off Fairmont Avenue. Hey! Let's take a break and hear a message from a sponsor. 
We're back. Uh, wild card weekend is coming up. Um, a couple of just little stats I looked up. We were talking about this earlier at the at the bar. Uh, Mahomes is the oldest quarterback in the AFC playoffs. I mean, to start, assuming Teddy Bridgewater isn't starting for the Dolphins, which is un- unlikely. But uh, just for how young he is, and he is the oldest, the most veteran quarterback of all the AFC. And then another little side note for the uh, NFC quarterbacks. So Tom Brady is 35-12 and 12 in his career as a starting quarterback. The other six quarterbacks starting in the NFC are a combined 2-7. and 2-7. and seven. And more than likely, let's say Brady does win, just throwing that out there, uh, they might have more losses than him combined than he has in his whole career in the playoffs. That just, that just baffles my mind. That Apollo sauce is really hitting you. I can hear it in your voice right now. Can you? Is it working out good? <laughs> All right. Yeah, we did a little shot of hot sauce here. So uh, the last dab. We're gonna, you know, try it out. All right. Let's look at that first game. We're on Saturday. Uh, the early game. It is the Seahawks at the 49ers. Uh, the Seahawks are 10 point favorites going into this game. Um, is the it Niners? Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Niners. Yes. It's that hot sauce, man. It's it's uh it's messing with me. Uh, Niners are ten point favorites. Are they on a ten game winning streak or is it? They are on a ten game 10 winning, game streak, winning streak, streak since that Kansas City game. I believe. Whoo! Yeah, the Niners are. Uh, they're just scary, and, and like it's just crazy that it doesn't matter who. Like it's a quarterback driven league, but it, they do not need a great quarterback with everything they have in place on that team around him. It's like you could throw a Blake Bortles back there. And he could take him to the Super Bowl. Bortles. Um, so the Niners, uh, with all that being said, I, I I can't see them losing this game. And with a 10-point uh, spread, I think they can cover that easily. The Gino has, has come down to earth, like we said earlier. Like He's coming down. And he uh, he's just, uh, I can't see him having a good game. I feel like the Niners are just going to shellac the Seahawks. So Niners win and cover. Yes. I have the Niners to win, but I think it's going to be close because um, everyone's reminded me this week, this is a third divisional game with the Seahawks, and I am just a little bit worried that they'll be like under, they're overconfident in this game and not really show up. Um, maybe because I'm watching too many Warriors games or anything. Um I think Seattle will put up points. I think they'll be rather high scoring, and I don't think that they're going to cover that 10. So give me the Niners, but the Seahawks will cover the 10. Ooh. It'll be kind of maybe by 7. The Fort Niners will win by 7. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's going to come down to which Geno Smith are we going to get. Are we going to get the Geno Smith from, like, you know, the beginning of the season through midway through the season, or are we going to get the Geno Smith the last few games? I think he's had like one or two games where he's played decent, but for the most part, he's kind of just been going like downhill, right? So I think it's going to come down to that. Um, I think 49ers are going to win this. Their defense looks great. Their offense is phenomenal, even with Purdy back there, who wasn't really supposed to be back there to begin with. Uh, but I think Seattle might have a chance to keep it close. Uh, so I'm going to say 49ers for the win, but Seattle covers the 10. Yeah, this is um this is gonna be interesting because I I feel like the Niners have pretty much handled the Seahawks uh, all season long, and I mean the the story of Geno Smith, as we've kind of already hit on the head, is the the 
I, I feel like the, the carriage is turning back into a pumpkin now for Geno Smith. I mean, he's got his Pro Bowl under there. I, is there room to develop him in the future? Maybe. But we're talking about a Saturday afternoon. So with the, C, with the Seattle Seahawks coming into the, the San Francisco 49ers, I think the Niners are the better team right now. I think they're probably the best team in the NFC, in my, my opinion. But I do think the Seahawks are going to keep it close in this game. Um, I think Brock Purdy will continue to, to lead uh, a, an offense that could score on many different angles. Uh, that defense has looked a little shaky in the past few weeks, but I, I think it's playoff time. They're going to turn around find a way to win this game. But I'm going to have to go with Chris on this one. I think the Niners aren't going to cover that 10-point spread. Uh, give me them to win, but give me the Seahawks to cover. Yeah, I think uh, – I sorry. I think if uh, – yeah, if they turn on – they have the weapons there, right? Seattle has the weapons there. Uh, you know, Walker's been looking really good. They have – Lockett's back. They have Metcalf. Fant's kind of been showing up. So they have the potential to do something in this game. It's going to come down to the quarterback. The, the problem I have with the Seahawks really having a chance in this game, and it always comes down to the trenches. Uh, if they can get the run game going, if they can get Walker on the outside, I mean, you're not going to run up the middle on the, the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. It's, it's like what happened to the Jaguars against the Titans last week. They kept forcing ETN up the middle. They ended up finishing with, like, I think 27 rushing yards for the entire game, and it, it, it showed in the total offense. We talked about that multiple times, and, I mean, it's just a basic fact of football. If you can't get the run game going, if you can't control the time of the possession, if you can't control the clock, then the Seahawks won't have a chance in this game. If they can find ways to get the ball out of the backfield and keep that pass defense honest, I think the Seahawks are going to be competitive in this game. I mean, it's a playoffs, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just keep the Niners' offense on the sideline, like yeah. long drives, like that's yes. keep Purdy, yeah. like you know. And that 49ers defense ha- is good, but they've been giving up a lot more points than they used to, and it's scaring the crap out of me every time. Like the l- first play against the Cardinals, a long throw to AJ Green, that that can't happen. That can't happen. All right, next game uh, still on Saturday. We got those Los Angeles Chargers traveling to the East Coast, taking on the Jaguars of. What is it called? Jacksonville? That's in Duval County, right? Duval County. Is that what it's called? I'm just making sure. I don't know. I'm just making sure. Uh, Two-point favorites to the Chargers. Uh, Mike Williams might not be playing in this game. Kind of questionable on the Chargers coach to even play his starters, knowing that they had their playoff seating locked up, and they may have just lost one of their biggest weapons on offense. Um, I feel like Jacksonville wins this game. Um... In a close one, it will be close, but the Chargers, I just don't trust them in the playoffs as a franchise. Like, it's something just always happens to them. And, I mean, Herbert has looked great, but Trevor Lawrence has looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league the last month, month and a half. Um, I, I like the Jaguars at home. Get that uh, get that first playoff win since 2017 and move on to, I don't know, whoever the hell they're going to play. Probably the Chiefs. I think... I'm going to have to go with the Chargers on this one. Sorry, Travis. I know it's Big Cat Club everything like that. I, I do apologize. It, it's going to be a great game, and I think it's going to be super close. Uh, but I think Chargers uh, minus Williams is finally going into the playoffs with like a pretty healthy team. Like Their defense is pretty healthy. Their offense is pretty healthy. And you normally don't see that with them ever making it to the playoffs. So it's. I think they're going to show up. Uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a good game, close game, uh, but I think Chargers is going to win this and cover the two points. Yeah, when when the um, when Mike Williams went out, I think Chase Daniel was at quarterback. Keenan Allen was still in. I think Keenan Allen still played after Mike Williams had the injury. 
It just made no sense. I think Staley is... He's, he's Staley has done this for quite a while this, this season. He's like made some really like really weird... Like the first time the Chargers and the Jags played each other, Herbert put, it might have been Herbert who wanted to keep playing, being blown out. Again, again, Jaguars beat the Chargers handily in like week three or four. Um, the Jaguars are on a roll right now. They, they are really humming on offense. The Chargers, I think everyone's on the Chargers because I don't think everyone's watched the Jaguars play all season. And I, I, and I feel like they don't know what they're capable of. They might have seen them on Saturday night. Um, it's like, oh, that's that's. And they cute. look that they, great, especially offensively Saturday yeah. night. It's like cute. They look cute. They look like they're making the playoffs. Oh, that's cute and stuff. We'll, but the Chargers will beat them. I think the Jaguars will win this game, um, and it might be more than what people think. Maybe like eight to ten points, Ooh. because I don't think the Chargers have like the fortitude to keep up with the Jaguars right now. All right. Yeah. Just uh, just a heads up. So I am taking Chargers to win this game, uh, but I will be cheering for Jacksonville. <laughs> Thanks for that clarification. Yeah, I think it's safe to say most of us around the table probably be cheering for Jacksonville uh, on Saturday night. Back-to-back primetime games, man. Um, something I don't think I've ever said watching the Jaguars uh, play. Um, the Chargers coming in right the past nine games. The Jaguars are seven and two. Chargers are five and four. Chargers have lost some kind of sketchy games here and there. The only two teams the, Char- the Jags have lost to they lost to the Chiefs by ten and they got demolished by the Lions um, coming off their bye. Um, it's it's really hard to to figure out where to go with this one. Um, you know, the Jaguars didn't have a good showing last week. Obviously, it's a divisional game. There's a lot of high pressure with it as well. Uh, the Titans did a good job of shutting up the run. The Chargers aren't good at shutting up the run. Um, you know, I think Jacksonville's going to have the ability to, to run between the tackles with ETN, get him out of the backfield a little more. Hasty's been looking pretty good. And it's going to alleviate a lot of pressure on Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be able to open up the ball. On the opposite of the side of the ball, I mean, you have Justin Herbert, uh, who's also an incredible quarterback. I mean, if you look at both of their stats for this season, Justin Herbert and uh, Trevor Lawrence aren't too far apart from each other. Uh, I mean, they're about 100, uh, you know, uh, attempts away from each other and 600 yards a- apart. Um, they're, they're both very identical with the way that they uh, can sling the ball and, and make plays happen uh, outside the pocket. I think the Jaguars have a very good chance, especially in front of a home field, uh, playing this game. Um, I'm going to go with the Chargers to win this one. Um, it's, it's really hard for me to choose this. Are they going to cover um, those two points? I am going to pick Jaguars to cover the two points, um, but I am going to pick the Chargers to win this game. I, I think that, I mean, the Chargers are coming in hot, man. There's a lot of pressure on the Jaguars to keep it going. Um, the, the benefit for the Jaguars is they're playing with house money right now. I mean, if they if they lose on Saturday night to the Chargers, as long as they don't even, even if they get embarrassed by that point, we weren't supposed to be here. We were a 2-7 team, you know, uh, when we started the season off and finished off 7-2 and two and finished, you know, uh, you know, two and six. Sorry, two and sixteen. Finish off seven, uh, seven and two. We finished nine and eight in the season. We win the division. AFC South wasn't great, but the way they won it was showed some tenacity on the team. And even if they lose this Saturday, you can go away with your head held high, knowing that your team's going to be better next year, getting Calvin Ridley back, stuff like that. So I think the Chargers, the Chargers are going to come out there. They have more pressure on them to win this game than the Jaguars do. Uh, I think Staley could lose his job if they get bounced out in the wild card playoff. Uh, but I think I think the Jaguars play with house money. I would love to see them win, and if they do, it'll be fun. And I think it's going to be an exciting game. This has the second highest over under, uh, at forty seven and a half. Forty six um, and a half. 
47 and a half. I was maybe I looked at a different website. 47 and a half is the over under on this one. The only higher one than that is going to be the Vikings Giants by that point. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored on this. I think both defenses can get to the quarterback, but I think that they can't really stop each other's offense. So expect a high shooting game. And um, unfortunately, I got the Chargers winning this game against the Jaguars. All right. Moving on to Sunday, uh, the morning game. Uh, the Miami Dolphins traveled to Buffalo taking on the Bills. Uh, Bills coming off a uh, an emotional win with everything that unfolded. Dolphins snuck in with an ugly win over the Jets. Uh, Dolphins, uh, they say two has already been ruled out. Uh, Teddy is still healing a broken finger on his throwing hand. Uh, so we're probably looking at Skylar Thompson uh, taking the reins uh, as for that Miami offense. Uh, at 13 points, I well, first of all, I can't see Buffalo losing this game at all. Uh, but and in covering that 13 points, I can't see the Dolphins scoring like barely getting into maybe like the teens at this point. Um, they just they they're they're probably the worst team in the playoffs for both conferences, and um, I think Buffalo is just going to run all over them. I think I had heard some stat about Miami's record in cold games. I don't think they've won a cold weather game like under 40 degrees in six or seven years. And I don't see that changing this week. I think the uh, the Dolphins are going to get embarrassed against the division rival. And uh, it'll be ugly. It'll be ugly early. Yeah, there is. Uh, <clears throat> if Tula's playing this game, it it would be close. Um, there's no way. He's like, I think 50% through his concussion protocol. He's not. Well, they already ruled him yeah, out. He's already ruled out. I don't think he's going to come back for the playoffs if they happen to get past this. Um, there's just there's no one for the Dolphins to quarterback this team that can actually give it to all their weapons. They have the weapons, they have enough. And the Bills, I think, are too tough for them. Um, it was a nice try for the Dolphins this year. They made some strides. Maybe they have something in Tua, but I think there's other problems for Tua to consider whether or not continuing his career at this point. Three concussions in a year, was it or five, six games. That's quite crazy. Um, yeah, I have the Bills winning this, and it pretty easily. The Dolphins... Barely scored 11 points against the Jets at home with this same offense. There's no way they have anything for the Bills. Bills will win and cover. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go with it. They played the Jets last week and put up 11 points. So what are they going to do up against the Bills? I mean, the Bills has a way better offense, way better defense than the Jets. So, um, yeah, I think the Bills are going to run all over Miami. I think, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see what happens with them. Next year, I think Tua and uh, Waddle and Hill kind of had a few good games there where they were hooking up, putting up some big yards. But, you know, he ended up getting hurt uh, and so put into a concussion protocol and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next year with the Dolphins. But I think they're probably not going any further than the Bills. So, I mean... We could all talk about Tua, uh, you know, not playing and, you know, would it be a close game if he was in it? I, I really don't think it would because uh, Tua can't play defense um, <laughs> and neither can the Dolphins. Um, that's going to be a big factor in this game, regardless of whoever's under center for Miami. Um, the Bills can score at whim, it seems like. I mean, on Sunday, like we watched them just get the ball back. They didn't have to score and just digs for like a 40-something yard touchdown pass just down the I mean. The Bills score when they want to score. They're just one of those teams. We remember the playoff game between them and the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. Uh, where I think there were 
four scores in like the last like two minutes, I think, of that game. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Something insane. Um, the Bills that they've just gotten better, you know, and I I still think that they're the best team in the in the AFC uh, right now. But the Dolphins just don't stand a chance in this game. Um, I don't know if I'd say they're the worst team in the playoffs. Uh, that might go to the Ravens right now, but they're definitely up there as one of the worst teams in the playoffs. Uh, give me the Bills to cover 13 and maybe even much more than that. All right. Ugh, excuse me. Coming up next, we have uh, the Giants at the Vikings. Ready for this game. All right. Quick little uh, little stat for you guys. I got, I'm got i all full of stats for this episode. Um, so lowest point margin for a 13-win team. I'm going to give you guys the top five list. Are you ready? All right. Number five, the Indianapolis Colts at plus 90. The Packers in 2021 with plus 79. The Titans in 1999 with plus 68. Packers in 2019 at plus 63. And then the Minnesota Vikings at minus three. Minus three for the season, and they won 13 games. So this is where I'm going to go with this. They, they win close. They lose ugly. That's just their thing. Like I said, the Vikings... Win the Super Bowl, it'll be the most dramatic way possible. Uh, a lot of heart attacks happening in the upper Midwest. Um, I'm not very confident on this, but I am going to pick them to beat the Giants. Um, it's going to be another close one. It's only a three-point spread, so I guess I'll just take them to cover as well. Uh, but I'm not feeling confident about this. I'm not... Like, both teams are kind of whatever. Giants have a better defense. I think the Vikings have the better offense. Um, again, the highest points uh, for the uh, I got forty-seven and a half or something around there. Um, it'll be high scoring, and I think uh, Minnesota will do what they what they do with close games and just somehow find a way to win. The Vikings have not looked great in this season. <clears throat> they they can't judge last week because there's just pretty much backups. And the Giants before last week looked. Like Daniel Jones was like a different quarterback. I didn't. I've not watched too many of the Giants plays games, but Daniel Jones looked really good in some of them. I have the Vikings to win. I have the Giants to cover. I think it's going to come down to someone missing an extra point, which is par for the course. Oh, don't say that for somebody in this that's, game. That's got to be the fight. That's got to be the fight. You're talking about a kicker missing a kick. But I have the Giants it's, to cover, so right. so it, it's, it's it comes in the Vikings' favor. But so the Vikings will be down by one, and then they'll kick the field yeah, goal so to win it by two. Yeah, so okay. I feel like it's this three point spread is very close, pretty accurate. But um, I feel have this feeling that it's going to cop. Some really weird scored commie is going to be happening. Would you say you have a feeling? Feeling, yes. Feeling, yeah. Nice. Gross. Um, this one was tough for me uh, because you know we've seen Cousins and Jefferson hook up all year, we go out there slinging the ball around, but I think Jones have just been looking like really good. So I'm gonna take the Giants to win this. I'm gonna take the Giants over Vikings. Uh, How dare you? I know. I feel bad doing it, but I'm going to take the Giants and beat the Vikings. I think they've just been too many close games. Uh, I think they're probably going to have a hard time showing up when it counts. So, um, yeah, it, again, hopefully it'll be a pretty good game, very enjoyable, but I'm taking the Giants to beat the Vikings this week. His team doesn't make the playoffs, and he picks against both of ours. <laughs> wow. He did pick mine. I want to buckle up there, Buttercup, because... Uh... <laughs> 
Well, too soon. Uh, you know, we, we saw this game already, not just maybe a month ago. Um, and it was a great game. Uh, I mean, the... The stats were there for both teams. Uh, the, the biggest problem was the Vikings' defense. They just uh, could not stop terrible. the Giants. And, and we talked about this early on uh, just today, you and I. One of the things with Daniel Jones is he's, he's multi-asset by that point. He could, he could beat you with his feet. He could also beat you through the air. Uh, I mean, the Giants have battled through multiple wide receiver injuries. Uh, Saquon is, is playing in his contract year, so, I mean, he's, he's running out of his mind. Um there's a lot of questions in this game. I mean, it's at home, but so is the last one. This is prime time. Prime time Kirk Cousins doesn't show up sometimes, but is it Kirk Thuggins that shows up? I think it is. I think the Vikings do end up winning this game. Um, it's it's going to be real close. Um, I'm going to have them cover that three-point spread, but, man, this is it's going to be something. They're going to come back. They're going to be down, and they're going to have to come back to win this game. Ugh. Every sounds week. A, sounds about right. It's one score always, game for the Vikings again. Always. I can't have anything nice. All right. Final Sunday game, Sunday night football, prime time. We got the Ravens uh, traveling to Cincinnati, taking on the Bengals. Bengals are eight and a half point favorites in this game. Uh, so, in recent, for what we read uh, today, so today's Wednesday, Lamar is not look progressing in the right direction. He is. That uh, what is it? A high, a knee sprain, an ankle sprain, something with his leg. He's PCL. Yeah, name? he's. It's. They say he's not looking good. I don't even think. Uh, from what I've read, he has not seen the practice field. However, uh, Huntley uh, is. He's. They still have him as a maybe. Uh, but they said they held him out of the last uh, week eighteen game, uh, just because there's more important to have him out there for the uh, playoffs than it is for maybe winning the division. Uh, so we could see Huntley, uh, Anthony Brown, who started last week, is the, of course the last option. Um, I cannot see Cincinnati losing this game. Like the Ravens are just way too dinged up. This always kind of seems to happen to them. Uh, Lamar can't stay out there, and uh, Huntley versus Burrow. Come on, I got Cincinnati winning and uh, winning big. I think eight and a half is more than enough for them to cover. Do you know the last game Lamar Jackson's played? Uh, was it against Jacksonville? It was against Denver. He was 3 of 4, 11 yards. He might have came out. It might have been that whole replay of him walking up the stairs gingerly and stuff. It was against Broncos December 4th. It's over a month now, and he's still not back and seen any play. Even if he came out, that's the only way I see the Ravens make it even close for this game. Um, I think the Bengals are really, really tough right now. <coughs> I wouldn't want to face them right now if I was any AFC team right now. And... Baltimore is completely outmatched. Um, I Anthony Brown, we're, make, we're replaying last week's game, and it's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Bengals winning this and covering. It is way too. Is it? Sorry, Ravens, you're you're done after this. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing as last week. It's basically the same game, except maybe Huntley perhaps will be in. Yeah, that'll, that'll be the so, only difference. So I mean. Yeah, the Ravens couldn't compete last week. Uh, you know, I think Bengals ended up beating by 17. Uh, so I don't see that changing this week. I think uh, the Bengals are going to run over the Ravens. And uh, I think they'll cover that 8.5 points probably pretty easily. So 
I think initially when Lamar got injured, I thought it was supposed to be three to, to five weeks was the initial prognosis on it. We're, we're coming up to five weeks now, uh, and he's still not practicing, uh, which makes me kind of wonder, and I, I never question, I don't ever want to question anyone's toughness or anything like that. Makes you wonder, I mean, is he kind of looking towards next year? I mean, there's kind of question marks whether he's going to stay with Baltimore next year or he's going to try and, you know, I know he's looking for a big contract or he's going to get paid somewhere else. Um, you know, the Ravens kind of, Stumbled their way down the stretch there. Um, they looked terrible in the first half against the Bengals. The Bengals came out and kind of laid their foot off the gas. And, I mean, you know, the storylines that I've read were like the, the, the Bengals, you know, held off the, the comeback by the Ravens. There was no comeback by the Ravens in that game. I mean, going into the third quarter by that point, going into the fourth quarter, it was 27-13. to 13, You know, um, I don't see the, the Bengals losing this game. I think that they actually kind of – took it a little bit easier last week, too. I think that they're going to get their their ship even more full steam ahead. I think they're going to roll over the Ravens on this one, and they're looking towards uh, facing the Bills. You know, you know, probably it would be pretty interesting to see what Lamar's like mindset is currently. I haven't seen any interviews with him lately, so I haven't seen anything out there. But I know majority of quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks like that, would be dying to get back into a playoff Yeah, game, Trying to, like almost, you know, like physically re-injure themselves to get better, get good enough to be able to compete in some of these games. So it'd be interesting to see if he does hold some type of press conference or if he does speak or something like that to see where his mindset is. Because if he's not like, I want to be there, I want to be in this game, then, you know, there's something's wrong there. I mean, you watch sometimes when these when, when certain players get injured, you watch them on the sidelines just like, you know, headset on, pacing the sidelines, you know, into the game, focused on every single time like that. The Sunday night game that we watched against the Steelers, he sat out there with his, like, glasses on, his head on, like, he was, he was smiling, he was laughing, he was having a good time. And I'm not, I'm not trying to question anybody's, like, integrity on this part, but it just makes me wonder, I mean, like, is he... Is he really trying to get back on the field? Is there something worse with the knee? I mean, maybe yeah. they, they call maybe. it a sprain. Is there something worse with the knee, too? It could be that way. Maybe. But the fact is, it's the playoffs. We're here. You need your best you know, team out there. And if, if he can't be out there for one reason or another, I mean, this is kind of the knock we've talked about with running quarterbacks sometimes. Yeah, yeah. they can't stay out there. They're always smaller running quarterbacks. Yeah. And like, he's not a huge guy. Uh, final game Monday night football. Yeah, that's right. Playoffs, wild card weekend. We're doing Monday night football. So dumb. Yeah, I can't stand this. Uh, we got the Cowboys traveling to Tampon Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Uh, Dallas will go into this game as two and a half point favorites. Um, both teams um, have been struggling down the stretch here. Uh, the Buccaneers are. The Buccaneers have pretty much struggled all year. Like every win they have, it seems they need a a Brady miracle comeback. Uh, and the Cowboys, like they've looked like the best team in the league certain weeks, and then they just go out there and just you know drop an egg or something. Like they got, they are. I don't know what to think about them. I can see this game being a blowout by the Cowboys, or I can see the Buccaneers just scrapping together, and then they got. I mean, the better quarterback of the two, Brady. I'll take Brady over Dak any day because Dak is way too inconsistent. Um, I'm going to take the Buccaneers to upset the Cowboys at home in Tampa Bay, and uh, they will be moving on. You know, they'll get shellacked the next week by uh, probably the Eagles, but I think Tom Brady gets one more playoff win, and uh, the Cowboys go one and done. I'm curious when 
Tom Brady will show up for this game. Usually it's like three quarters of the game, maybe last three minutes or so. He needs to stop doing that. He needs to show up a little bit earlier. He needs to gel, like my favorite word, gel, gel with the offense sooner so he doesn't get too contentious in the end. The Cowboys are dependent upon what Dak does, and Dak loves to throw picks, and it's not been pretty. And it's, I think he's like tied for the most picks in the season. He's missed five games um, at least. I have the Bucks winning this game because I just don't see Dak being consistent enough to win this game. And it's probably a little bit of last year too, like the how they just lost to the Niners last year, and just I don't think he has enough to lead this team to win. I don't want to say Buccaneers have a chance in this game because you know fuck the Bucks, but uh, <laughs> it's I I think Tom Brady figured something out against North, uh, Carolina. I think him and Evans hooking up. Uh, for over 200 yards, three TDs, uh, and then obviously last week they had a lot of people sitting, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't a big deal. But I think during the Carolina game, he figured something out, and I don't think anything scarier than an on point Tommy Timmy Brady in the playoffs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so he can be scary if he shows up, and I think he's going to show up against the Cowboys. Uh, you know. I, Maybe Dak can put something together and have like a game where he's he's hooking up with CeeDee Lamb for over a couple hundred yards or whatever. But I think Brady's going to show up for this game, and I think they're going to run over the Cowboys. Everyone going Bucks. Uh, Dallas got to figure it out, right? I mean, eventually they got to figure that the, the amount of talent on that team they got to figure it out. I've been saying that for years. You know, just, <laughs> they always have talent on their team. Yeah. They them boys though, you know uh, what I mean? Them boys. I, I um I, I saw some some snippet on one of the talking head shows today and it was uh talking about a quote from Jerry Jones, um, and they were asking about, you know, the, the problems with Dak Prescott and you know, I mean he's leading the league in the interceptions right now. Um and they were asking, you know, is there a problem with Dak, something like that. Jerry Jones was quoted saying, I talked to his mom. His mom said he doesn't have turnover the ball in his DNA. And I'm like, well, where is that? On the- <laughs> did where, he, did where, he miss like where, where is that? How do you measure that? Is that on a 23andMe? Is that just like right there? Like you are, you are susceptible to Alzheimer's and dementia at a later age and also doesn't turn the ball over. Like, I mean, I want to know where that is on, on your DNA test. Uh, the problem is he has turned the ball over. Um, they the the vault of defense. I mean, they have all these stars, and I mean, I, Michael Parsons is fantastic. You know, Diggs is great. Uh, you you have all these these great players on this team, but man, there's something about Timmy Brady. Um, you know, he's doing just enough to win. You know, uh, and in the playoffs, that's all that matters. And you know, we already kind of went over his record by this point. I mean, his record speaks for itself. Timmy Brady's going to find a way to win this game. Um, I don't. I don't know why it's considered an upset. I guess it's just based off record by that point. But give me Timmy Brady and uh, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to uh, beat the Dallas Cowboys at Raymond. All right, Raymond James Raymond James. I think that's going to do it this week for our wild card edition of a Double Doinks and Sackles. Teaching you to football. Uh, we're gonna sign off. My name is Fernando. My name is Travis. I am Chris, and I am Jimmy G, the Stat Boy. We'll talk to you next week for the divisional round. Duval. Ta ta and farewell. Ta ta and farewell. <laughs>